Matt has been part of this church since it started back in its Oakleaf days. And when we were dating, I wasn't living here in Cartersville. So when I moved to Cartersville, I think that Matt assumed that I would automatically come to church here because he did. But I made it very clear that that would not be the case. Matt encouraged me to get involved. So I started serving first on a greeters team. And all I did on Sunday mornings was hold doors. But from holding doors at church, I was able to build relationships and get to know people here at the church, which really made me feel connected. And it made me feel like I was a part of something. And it made me belong here. I'm Shannon Duran, and I started going to Crosspoint about a year ago. Um, my boyfriend at the time was really encouraging me to um, get involved at a church. So he wanted me to come with him. I had been away from church for a while and um, I was very interested in getting to know more people so I felt like I belonged here and that's exactly pretty much what it did. Um, the more I served, the more I wanted to come and the more I grew my connection to Crosspoint, I felt like I became part of the church family that James always talks about. So. Um, it really helped kickstart that. When we opened this building and we opened the coffee bar, I knew from my barista days that I really wanted to serve coffee again. And so I got involved here at the coffee bar. And so now I get to lead every Sunday serving coffee and just getting to know people and building relationships with people, both people I serve with and the people I get to serve. There's so many people at Crosspoint that I've gotten to know through serving that I don't think I would know um, just coming to service every week. I feel like I have a community now because of serving. I've grown my relationship with God um, greatly in the past year. I just got baptized um, at Easter. As my connection to the church grew, I felt my relationship with God grow as well through knowing people who inspire me um, by the way they live love God and love everyone. By not serving, I think that people are really missing out on building relationships with other people. Um, I think that there are wonderful people who share similar life experiences or who are going through something that we may experience and without getting to know them, we don't get to know their story and we don't get to share our lives with them. And so I think that by serving and getting involved, you really open the door to all these relationships that you would never otherwise have. Love it. Well, hey, I want to ask you to grab your Bibles or get your Bible apps on your device ready to go and go to Matt, or I'm sorry, Matthew, I'm still in the best sermon ever series, 1 Peter chapter 4. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4 with me. Uh, one of our core values here at Crosspoint is participation. We say all the time that we value being a church in which people don't simply show up to spectate, but they also show up to participate in the mission and the ministry of this church through serving others. And the reason we value participation, it's really simple. Because without people serving and putting their gifts into play, there's no way that we'll ever accomplish the mission that we believe God has given us, which is, and we say this all the time, to relentlessly pursue those far from God with the hope and love of Jesus Christ. You see, we know right now in this community, within a 20-minute drive time of this building that we sit in, that there are over 260,000 people who fall into this category of far from God. That's why, if you've walked in here on a Sunday and ever wondered, what is the 260,000 on the back wall all about? That's there to serve as a reminder that our work in this community, it's, it's never done. 
There's always somebody else to love, somebody else to serve, someone else to share with. And again, you and I have to understand as Cross Point City Church that there's no way that we're ever going to take the hope and love of Jesus Christ to those 260,000 plus people in our community who aren't involved in a church anywhere, may not know Jesus, unless we're willing to participate in the ministry of this church through serving people. And, And I'll make this real practical and bring it to a really simple level so we understand it. You see, you and I, we can't accomplish our mission as a church if people aren't willing to lead groups in order to help others grow in their faith and their walk with Christ. We can't accomplish our mission without people investing in the lives of our kids and students, helping them to understand what it means to love God and to love people. We can't accomplish our mission if people don't show up on Sundays in order to park people, greet people, connect with people, pray with people, to lead people in worship. But we can't accomplish our mission if we don't have people coming into our offices throughout the week who are gifted at organization and administration in order to help us follow up with people who've either made decisions or, or they actually need some kind of help, physical or spiritual. You see, we need those people to, to help us make sure that, that no one in this church or in this community falls through the cracks when it comes to, to what we want to do for them. Also, listen, we can't accomplish this mission that we talk about all the time if we're not willing to participate in things like what we did yesterday, out in the community, getting our hands dirty, meeting real and tangible needs to share and show the love of Jesus. And again, I just want to say about yesterday, to piggyback off of what Zach said earlier, church, way to go. Man, I am crazy proud of of what happened yesterday in this community as a result of those of you who stepped up, who served. I got a chance to, to serve at a couple of different projects. And one of the things that I love seeing was moms and dads and singles and college kids and little kids all serving side by side for the simple purpose of sharing the love of Christ with a community who needs to see it and experience it. And so I just want to say again, no matter if you led something, uh, if you served somewhere, if you were done in like 30 minutes, thank you for serving. You're serving. It matters and it makes a difference with what, what God is doing through this church. Now, I want us to understand, because all of that's true, I mean, it doesn't matter what capacity you serve in here at Cross Point, because every opportunity matters. You see, I don't care if, if you're the guy parking cars, if you're the lady upstairs changing diapers. It doesn't matter if you're the person getting on the stage and teaching and leading. Every opportunity at this church matters because every serving opportunity helps us in some way to accomplish the mission that God has given us, which is why today is such an important day. Today, as we've been telling you over the last several weeks, it's Serve Sunday. Um, we've been saying to you leading up to today that we're going to take time as a church family to celebrate serving and to also talk about the importance of participating through serving here at Cross Point. And I'm going to go ahead and just be completely honest with you about the goal for today, all right? Here's my goal. My goal is to convince as many of you as possible who aren't already serving in some capacity here at this church to start serving. That's the goal. And I'm not going to ask you to like pray about it, to think about it, you know, to take a few weeks to consider it. Instead, I'm going to ask you to make a decision today before you leave to start serving here 
and to take the step to start participating. Now, if you're a guest, like this is your first or second time, I just want to say to you the pressure's off, right? I'm not expecting you to make any rash decisions about this church today. You show up and you watch and you spectate as long as you need to in order to figure out if this is the church you want to call home. But I'll also say this to you. If this is your first or second time and what you hear today inspires you and you think, I've been looking for a church that wants to pursue people with the hope and love of Jesus and and I'd like to be a part. Well, here's the good news. You can sign up today to start being a part, to participate in this church family, even if it's your first time. And we're going to make it really easy on you to do that, all right? So with that being said, we're going to dive into our passage from 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to read two verses, and I'm going to let these two verses make the case for why you and I should participate in serving as a church family. All right, so read this with me. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 10. The Bible says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, and whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to give you four key truths from these two verses that if you're taking notes, I want you to write down these key truths. They relate to serving, and I'm hoping these will challenge and inspire some of us today. The first is this. We've all got to understand that we have a gift. Every single person in this room has a gift. Peter says this plainly in verse 10. Each one of you has received a gift. And in verse 11, he actually takes it a little further And he says, whatever gift you have, it's either a speaking gift or a serving gift. That's what he means when he says, if you have the gift of speaking, speak like you're speaking the very words of God. If you have the gift of serving, then you serve with every bit of strength that God gives you. That's why some of us like me, we we love to get on stages like this and we like to talk and, and we like to teach. It's why some of us in the room, man, if you invite us up on stage to talk or to teach, we're gonna throw up, right? We get real nervous. We don't want anything to do with this, but... If you put us somewhere behind the scenes where we can kind of use our gifts, maybe work with our hands, help people in some other capacity, man, it it makes us come alive. We each have a gift. Now, when you study this passage with intentionality, you find that these gifts that, that Peter refers to, these are spiritual gifts. And this is important for us to understand because there is a difference between natural gifts and spiritual gifts. You see, all of us have natural giftings, don't we? Uh, We were born with these. This is why some of us in the room were better at sports than others. It's why some of us were academically smarter than others of us in the room. Uh, This is why some of us, we can fix anything, right? Give us a car, give us a lawnmower, we'll fix it. Others of us, if we touch it, it falls apart and breaks. These are all natural giftings. God gave us natural giftings at birth. And here's the thing, if you know Jesus, you should look for opportunities to use your natural giftings in order to help and serve other people. But listen, spiritual gifts, they're different from natural gifts. Spiritual gifts, they weren't given to us at birth. We weren't born with these. Spiritual gifts instead are given to us at, at rebirth, at that moment that we accept Jesus as our Savior. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of our bodies and makes us new people. You see, when that happens, the Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches, brings with him some type of spiritual gift. 
And when you go to the passages in the scripture that talk about spiritual gifts, you'll find 20 different spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. And uh, I shared this with you back during our Holy Spirit series in the fall, but I want you to see it again. And some of us, we might know our spiritual gifts just by looking at a list like this. I've told you mine before, our leadership, teaching, and faith. Those are my top three spiritual gifts, which works out really well for me, seeing I got to teach every week, got to lead a church, and and I need some faith to take steps toward where I believe God wants us to go. Now, again, if, if you're the person who knows your spiritual gifts, I would ask you, and I'm going to ask you in just a moment, are you using them? If you don't know your spiritual gifts, I would say you got to figure it out. Figure out what your spiritual gifts are, and you can do that in a really simple way. Visit the, the web link on the screen that you see, spiritualgiftstest.com. You can take a free spiritual gifts test today. It'll take about 10 minutes. And this test will come back with the results, and it'll give you what your top three spiritual gifts are. And again, the reason it's important for you to figure this out, it takes me right to the next point, because according to our passage for today, you should use your gift. Peter, again, what does he say? As each one of you has received a gift, use your gift to serve one another. Church, we should be using the gift or the gifts that God has given us because according to the Bible, this is the whole purpose of spiritual gifts, right? I mean, I taught this again back during our Holy Spirit series in the fall. Spiritual gifts, according to the scriptures, they are meant to be re-gifted. You see, we have to understand the Holy Spirit doesn't give us spiritual gifts for us. He gives us spiritual gifts so that we can then give those gifts away to help, to serve, and to benefit other people. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible on spiritual gifts, it's 1 Corinthians 12, and in verse 7, Paul says it like this. He says that the Holy Spirit gives out spiritual gifts for the common good, meaning that when you and I put our gifts into play, all the other people sitting in this room should be helped, and they should benefit through your service. Now, listen, this is important for us to get because it means a couple things for us. First, it means that none of us in the room have a right to keep our gifts to ourselves. I mean, think about the truth of this, right? If God gave you a gift for the express purpose of you giving that gift away in order to benefit other people, man, what right do any of us have to sit on our gifts, to hoard our gifts, to use our gifts for selfish reasons? What right do we have to not even use our gifts at all? Right, this would be like me giving you 50 bucks and going, hey, our boy Joe down the street, I want you to give him this $50 so that he can, he can put some gas in his car. He needs a little bit of help right now. Give you the 50 bucks and you take it and you go, no, nah, just keep it. <laughs> or worse yet, I'll use the 50 bucks to put gas in my car, right? You see, I, I'd be angry at you. We'd all think you were really, really selfish. And why? Because I gave you that money to give it away to someone else so that that person is helped and benefited. And the same, again, is true of spiritual gifts. God gave you a gift for the benefit of other people, which means that you have no right to keep your gift to yourself. Now, it also means, secondly, that when we fail to re- or fail or refuse to use our gifts, man, the rest of the people in this room, the rest of the people that make up this church, we all suffer as a result. Again, I, I said this earlier, I'll say it again. We can't accomplish all that God wants us to accomplish if in fact we fail or refuse to use our gifts. We can't be the church that God wants us to be if we're not willing to participate 
through serving others. Paul, again, he makes this point in 1 Corinthians 12 when he compares the church to a body. I want you to think about your body with me, right? You ever injured yourself or had to have some type of surgery and it left your body incapacitated in some way? You broke an arm, doctor cut on you, and your body didn't function properly for a little while. You ever experienced that? Man, a few years ago, I had to have surgery to repair a hernia in my stomach. And the incision, man, it was a couple inches long. I'm thinking this isn't going to be a big deal. It put me down for like a few weeks. At first, I couldn't get off the couch by myself. I mean, I was moving slowly. I couldn't go to the gym for several weeks because any kind of heavy lifting, it was completely out of the question. And you see, that's a picture of a church in which the members who make up the church refuse to use their gifts. You see, when we fail to serve one another, we become that church that moves slowly, We become that church that doesn't really accomplish much. We become that church that can't really do any heavy lifting for the kingdom of God in this world. And as a result, we suffer. And my prayer, my desire is that Crosspoint would never be guilty of being that kind of church. So you have a gift. You should use your gift to serve others. Third, this is huge. Please don't miss this. When you use your gift... Your gift demonstrates God's grace. Your gift demonstrates God's grace. So so think about verse 10 with me again. You have a gift. You should use your gift. And then Peter says you should use your gift as good stewards of God's grace. Now, in order for us to understand Peter's words and this phrase you see on the screen, I want to make sure that we have a good grasp on stewardship and grace So let's break this down for a minute. We'll start with stewardship, all right? We've talked plenty of times here at Crosspoint about what it means to be a steward. A steward is simply a manager, someone who manages someone else's stuff. And a good steward is a steward who manages someone else's stuff according to that person's wishes and desires. A bad steward would be someone who manages someone else's stuff without thinking about that other person. They manage their stuff according to their own wishes and desires. And in calling us stewards here in this verse, Peter, man, he's just reminding us that our spiritual gifts, whatever gift we may have, our gifts come from God, they belong to God, and that God's given us whatever gift we have so that we can manage those spiritual gifts for the good of other people. And the question you've got to answer for yourself is this. When it comes to your gifts, are you being a good steward or are you being a bad steward? Are you using your gifts according to God's wishes and desires? Or are you using your gifts or maybe not even using your gifts because of your own wishes and desires? Now, with stewardship in mind, let's talk about grace. Grace simply means that you're given something that you don't deserve. That's grace. Mercy is when what you deserve is withheld from you. Grace, again, it's, it's when you're given something you don't deserve. And what we have to understand as it relates to our topic today is this. When it comes to spiritual gifts, you don't deserve whatever gift or gifts you've been given. And I'll try to make this point and explain this in the easiest way I know how. Okay, so stay with me. Listen, in order for you to have a spiritual gift, the Holy Spirit has to live inside of you. And in order for the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, You have to know Jesus as your personal Savior. 
In order for you to know Jesus as your personal savior, Jesus had to come to this earth and lay down his life on a cross in your place for your sins so that you could be saved from sin, death, and hell and be loved and accepted by God. And this is exactly what Jesus has done for each and every one of us in spite of the fact that none of us deserved it. And it's not, church, that we're just undeserving of what Jesus has done for us. We've got to understand, man, we were actually ill-deserving when it comes to our sin. You, you get that, right? Like, what we actually deserve from God is to die stuck in our sin as hopeless people suffering for all of eternity the punishment that our sin requires. But, man, I, I'm thankful to God that he's been gracious to us. And I hope that you're grateful that, that God has given you what you don't deserve, which is a way out of sin, death, and hell, and a way into new and eternal life. And it's only because of God's grace toward you, expressed through Jesus, that you get to have a spiritual gift. So again, let's bring this idea of stewardship and grace together and make sense of this, all right? When you and I act as good stewards, and we manage the gifts that God has given us according to his wishes and his desires, meaning that we use those gifts to serve, to help, to benefit others, here's what happens. Our willingness to live as good stewards demonstrates God's grace in our lives. You see, in using our gifts, we're putting on display the fact that God has been good and gracious to us, that he's given us a gift that we don't deserve. You see, we're using something that God has graciously given us so that we can help people know the same gracious God that we know. And so again, listen, it doesn't matter if you're holding a door, if you're parking people, if you're changing diapers, if you're a group leader. Every time you use your gift, you're putting on display through your conduct the grace of God in your life. And as a result, you're encouraging those people who you're serving to embrace the grace that God has made available to them. I mean, church, how amazing is this? Your gift is a demonstration of God's grace, which means that your gift is powerful, it's important, and when used, it has the ability to connect others to the grace of God. Now, last thing. You have a gift, you should use it. When you use it, your gift demonstrates God's grace. And then lastly, your gift brings God glory. Your gift brings God glory. Peter makes this point in verse 11 when he says that we should serve others so that in everything God is glorified through Jesus Christ. And we know from the Bible that Jesus, he is the greatest servant that's ever lived. I mean, in Matthew 20, 28, he says about himself that he came to this earth not to be served, but to serve and to lay down his life as a ransom for many. When you read the Gospels, man, you find story after story of Jesus loving and serving people no matter who those people were. I mean, Jesus, he hung out with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. He hung out with fishermen. He hung out with, with the outcasts in society. It didn't matter who people were. Jesus stepped into their lives and he loved them and he served them. And at the end of his life, he committed the greatest act of service the world has ever seen when he went to the cross and he laid his life down for the, the sins of sinful people. Church, we have to understand that when we serve, we're like him. You see, you gotta understand, and please don't miss this, that we are never more like Jesus than when we are serving others. 
I'll just say it again. You are never more like Jesus than when you are serving others. When we humble ourselves and take on the attitude of Christ, when we become servants and use our gifts to help other people, we embody the character, the nature, the love, the grace, the kindness of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, here's what happens. God is made much of through our lives. He's honored. He is glorified because through our service, he's put on display. And that's why here at Crosspoint, we say all the time, man, we just gotta keep our, our motivation for serving really simple. Let's be a church that just serves other people because Jesus has served us. Let's let that be our motivation. We serve because Jesus serves. That's it, bottom line. You see, I, I know that people can serve for a lot of different reasons. Uh, people can serve because they're looking for pats on the back or, or they want people to see them in some particular light. People can serve at times because they feel guilty. You might be that person going, well, dang, after today's message, I guess I gotta serve or else I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel bad, right? James is gonna think I'm a terrible person. I don't want you serving because you feel guilty. And I've said this about giving, financial giving. If you're giving or serving out of duty or obligation or guilt, put your money in your pocket, put your gifts away, get your heart right with God and start giving and serving because you love Jesus and you want to be like him and advance his kingdom in this world. See, I don't want you to serve out of guilt. That does no good for anybody, not you, not the rest of us because we've got to be around you and mad all the time. I've got to serve these people. Don't serve out of guilt. Serve because you realize Jesus has served you. Serve because at the end of the day, the desire of your heart is to be like him because, man, you love him, and you love him because you understand how much he loves you. And you give your gifts away to express the love and the grace and the kindness of our God to other people. So again, God is made much of, and people are helped. So if you're the person in the room who goes, yeah, this is my church, but I have never taken that step to participate through serving, and we want to make it really, really easy on you to take that step today before you leave. You might have noticed on the way in, there's a little something going on outside in front of the building. We've set up basically a ministry fair. Every ministry in Cross Point is represented outside, and we want to give you the opportunity to get connected to one of those ministries before you leave, and, and here's how you're going to do that. When you walked in, you should have had a card like this in your seat. It says, we serve because Jesus serves. And if you don't have one in your seat or somewhere around you, we have extras. We can get you one on your way out. But go ahead and grab this. And here's what we want you to do in just a few moments. After I pray, I want you to take this card outside to the ministry area that you think you might be interested in serving in. I want you to meet the people that are, are working the table outside. Ask them any questions you may have about that ministry. And then I want you to fill the card out with your info and leave it at that table with the people you speak to. And then that ministry team, they're gonna start the process this week of getting you connected so that you can start serving and using your gifts. Now, if you're that person who goes, I, I think I wanna serve, but I have no idea where I, I wanna plug in. Well, here are your options. You got two options. First, just go visit the tables outside in a few moments, and on each table, you'll find some, some sheets that include serving descriptions. So if you go to the student ministry table, you're going to find a sheet that, that shows you that in student ministry, you can be a small group leader, you can be on the host team, you can work worship production, you might be in the band. I mean, there's just so many different opportunities within the ministries in which you can serve. And so you can go out there, visit the tables, read some of those, and try to kind of figure out where you fit. 
if you're still unsure after doing that, then I want you to fill this card out. I want you to write unsure on the bottom of the card. Leave it at the connection desk in our lobby, and one of our staff members will call you this week, follow up, and help you figure out where your gifts best fit in this church, all right? And, and for those of you that are like me, and you go, okay, well, James, I'd like to know some specifics. Like, are there any needs? Are you guys looking for, for people to do some really specific things? Uh, the answer is yes, always. And I'm going to share some opportunities with you. I asked my staff a few weeks ago to send me either some new opportunities in their areas or, or man, as our church has continued to grow, where are we really needing people to jump in, to plug in? And, uh, and I'm going to share this list in hopes that it might provide some clarity for some of us, okay? So let me walk through this really quickly. In our kids' ministry, man, we need people serving in all of our rooms at, at every single service all the time. Man, we got a lot of kids. People keep having babies. That ministry's always growing. So, man, we need people to serve in any capacity upstairs, 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11, 5 o'clock, all right? And since you're here in the morning, this is an easy step for you to take because you can serve a service and attend a service. Now, outside of the regular stuff that goes on in kids' ministry, uh, Emily also shared with me that we've got a special events team that she's starting. So if you love events and you're an event planner, plug in. Uh, she also shared with me, she's starting a, a school liaison team, people who want to help build bridges between the church and local elementary schools. If that's a passion of yours, plug in. She also shared with me that we always need people to, to help serve our special needs children upstairs. And so if that's a, a passion of yours, talk to our kids ministry people and plug in. Uh, in our student ministry, we always need small group leaders men and women who want to pour into the lives of middle school and high school students and help them understand what it means to love God and love people. Uh, Devin, he's also putting together an event planning team, so if that's your deal, you can plug in there. Uh, Devin is putting together a teacher advisory board. I love this idea. If you're a teacher in the room, uh, you work in the office at one of our local middle high schools, uh, maybe you're a principal somewhere, Devin wants to put together a team in which you can help him figure out how this church can best serve local middle schools and high schools. How awesome is that? So if, if that's you, plug in with Devin. Uh, we also need more guys uh, and even women if you're really intimidating. You can be on the security team. But we, we need more people on Wednesday nights to be on our security team because our student ministry keeps growing, which is a great problem, but it means we need more people here to kind of help make sure everything is in check and nobody dies, all right? So, so if you want to plug in, you can plug in. Uh, another thing that we want to do in our student ministry is provide workers who can be in this building on Wednesday nights to care for the children of those moms and dads who are here serving our middle school and high school students. And so, man, if you're looking for an opportunity to serve outside of Sunday, there's a great opportunity. Come on Wednesday, hang out with kids, invest in them while their moms and dads serve our students. Uh, guest services. Man, we need to grow our parking team. So, men, this is a great opportunity for you. Rain or shine, we need you out there parking people, greeting people, helping people get in the door. And then again, we also need some intimidating people to serve on our security team on Sundays uh, to, to make sure everything goes as planned. When it comes to groups, we need group leaders. In my opinion, this is always one of the most pressing needs in our church. Godly men and women who can step up and help other men and women understand what it means to walk with Jesus. And listen, if you're not doing anything, or maybe you are doing something, but, but leading groups is a passion, if you can take questions that we give you and facilitate discussion, you can be a group leader if you love Jesus. 
We need you to plug in now so that as we get ready for the fall, we have enough groups for everybody that are going to be jumping in in just a few weeks. And then another opportunity when it comes to groups is this. We also want to provide child care workers for moms and dads who are involved in groups. One of the biggest struggles we face in groups is, is moms and dads, they'll go to somebody's house and they'll try to have a small group and there's like 18 kids running around and it's really hard to get anything done. And so Zach and I talked about creating a new opportunity for, for uh, someone to serve in which they could go to someone's house during small group, keep everybody's kids so moms and dads can actually have beneficial time together. And so listen, I'm just telling you straight up, we're not gonna pay you to do that, all right? We want you to serve this church in that way, and that's a great opportunity if you wanna take that step. When it comes to our worship and production team, uh, we're looking for more stage managers, people who are willing to show up early on Sundays with our band and serve in all of our services behind the scenes by assisting in, in everything that happens on this stage. Uh, we're also looking for skilled musicians to join our, our band. Uh, in particular, man, we, we're looking for drummers. We're looking for keyboard players, bass players. If you're a vocalist, we want to talk to you. Now, let me just be real clear and say this again. Skilled musicians, Okay. <laughs> Uh, we're not looking for those people that go, oh, my mom told me I could play and sing, and then you pull like an American Idol on us, right? Skilled musicians. But if that's you, if that's your gift, and you want to use it here at Crosspoint, we want to meet you and talk to you. Uh, we also are looking for skilled photographers and videographers. If you're great at taking pictures, capturing footage, man, we'd love for you to use your gifts here on Sundays, at baptisms, at special events throughout the year um, in that way. Uh, when it comes to facilities, we don't have a full-time facilities guy here to help us care for this building, so we have to do it ourselves. And so if you're a handyman, um, if you want to help us and provide some upkeep on this building on a weekly basis, we, we could use your gifts, and we'd love to talk to you. Uh, we could also use help in our coffee bar, especially at our 8.30 service and our 5 o'clock service. The coffee bar, I love what's happening. We're raising tons of money through our coffee bar to build clean water wells in Africa. But the more coffee you guys keep drinking, the more we need people to step up and serve. So it's a great problem. And uh, if that's kind of your deal, you love working with people and hosting people, man, we could use you out there. And then lastly, uh, we're looking for some people who might have some free time on their hands during the week and who could come in and help our staff team in the office on Wednesdays and Thursdays with organizing, administration, systems, all kind of stuff behind the scenes. If those are the things that you're gifted at, again, we'd love to meet you, talk to you, and plug you in. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray for us, and right after I pray, we're going to send you out the door. You're going to take your card. You're going to go meet people at the tables. You're going to use your gifts. Everybody's got a gift. Use your gift to serve others as a demonstration of God's grace for the glory of God and the good of people. Pray with me. God, thank you for this time together. God, I just thank you that in your grace, God, you allow us to be an active part of your kingdom. And I thank you, God, that you don't just ask us to be a part of your kingdom. God, you give us what we need to be a part of your work in this world. And so, God, I just want to thank you for all the people, uh, God, that use their gifts here at Crosspoint on a weekly basis. They pour into other people. Um, but God, I also want to thank you for the people who haven't taken the step yet. God, I thank you for those people who, who have been coming and, and at least showing up. And God, my, my prayer is that today you might inspire some of those people, God, that, that you might give them the courage and the faith they need to take this simple step and to put their gifts into play 
so that they can be a part of everything that you're doing in and through this church. So God, give us what we need as we leave this place, and we're trusting you for that. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Church, love you. See you next Sunday.